0: I was 23 years old, and I thought I'd buy myself a property. So I bought myself a two-bedroom townhouse in Pickering. While I was working there, I found out a guy that needed somewhere to live. So I had a roommate. My total costs were $1,200. He was paying me five. I thought, this is the greatest thing ever. How do I scale that? And I went to uh, look at other homes. So I found a four-bedroom home with a non-legal basement unit in it. I got possession of that home. I quickly rented out the basement to the same guy that was living with me in the townhouse. And I rented out three other rooms to young professionals. So there was a lot of people in the house. But when you start running the numbers of being there, and I said, not only are these people paying all my mortgage, all my taxes, insurance, all the utility costs, I'm making 400 bucks a month. And I said, why is this so easy? (laughs) We're on the tonight. This is The Curious Investor with your host, Nicole Tanner Secrets, Stories, and Successes in Commercial Real Estate.
1: Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today for our second episode of Curious Investor. This podcast was born from a natural excitement of being a part of other people's stories and hearing all about their secrets to success and the challenges all along the way. This is a Curious Investor. My name is Nicole Tanner. I'm a commercial real estate broker and leader of the Reed James uh, Commercial Real Estate Team, which is part of Keller Williams Energy. And today, I'm joined by Stephen Jones, a colleague from the brokerage, but somebody that I've spent a lot of time talking to about uh, his experience and natural attraction, actually, to the investment of real estate. And I've been fascinated with his story for a long time. We share a lot of common um, attributes and passions. And so I thought this would be a great opportunity to invite him in and learn a little bit more about his story. So Stephen, thank you very much for joining us today. And uh, let's get started.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: It's also a, a man a few words. So uh, So let's just kick this off. Um, I think what most people want to know is uh, who you are. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your business, where you're at today, and you know how did you get there?
0: So uh, I can rewind it a bit for you. I um, was always a bit of an entrepreneur and hustler. I had the multiple jobs. I worked at the liquor store. I worked at a hospital, I worked at a group home. At the group home, I actually ended up talking to a guy that was applying to be a correctional officer. And I learned a little bit about that. And I said, OK. But while we are there, we filled out the applications. And, and I applied. I ended up staying there for a very long time, almost 18 years. I went into management in the uh, correctional institution. And um, when I first got hired, I was 23 years old. And I thought I'd buy myself a property. So I bought myself a two-bedroom townhouse in Pickering. And while I was working there, I found out a guy that needed somewhere to live. So I had a roommate. My total costs were $1,200. He was paying me five. I thought this is the greatest thing ever. How do I scale that? So I stayed there for about a year and a half and I went to uh, look at other homes. So I found a four bedroom home with a non-legal basement unit in it. Um, I didn't qualify. I made enough salary, but I didn't qualify on my own. So I actually had my sister jump onto the mortgage with me, even though she wasn't working. It somehow at the time made it look better for us to qualify. I got possession of that home and I quickly rented out the basement to the same guy that was living with me in the townhouse. And I rented out three other rooms to young professionals. So there was a lot of people in the house. I had to play quite the the fatherly role of, of looking after everybody there. But when you start running the numbers of being there, and I said, not only are these people paying all my mortgage, all my taxes, insurance, all the utility costs, I'm making 400 bucks a month. And I said, why is this so easy? And, and it kind of got into my mind that there was a, a better way of doing some things. So I ended up selling that house and made a decent profit on it. And um, I, I actually almost kind of semi-retired at that point, um, you know, regrouping myself on what would be next. And then I I, I did start dabbling into um, picking up townhouses and condominiums, slowly one at a time and renting them out. And they almost were came to me upon accident. You know, I met my wife. She lived in a condo. We decided to keep that condo. Um, And and I had a very slow sort of methodical growth as we were growing our family. My family responsibilities also picked up. So it wasn't probably until um, maybe about eight years ago that I really put the foot on the pedal. I started researching other markets. I ended up picking up a few places in British Columbia, a few places in, in Edmonton, Alberta, as well as the GTA. Um, But now I I really have my foot to the floor. Um, I decided to partner up with some of my clients, and they are very, very ambitious clients. And, um, you know, we're just full tilt right now. Um, We have nine, oh, my gosh, eight or nine places currently under renovation right now. And um, we quickly had to bring in resources for that. We've been hiring staff, hiring a bookkeeper trying to keep things as clean as possible, but it, it's a lot of responsibility. So where, where am I now? Uh, that's where I am now. Where am I heading? Um, there's very lofty goals of, of where we're heading, uh, definitely into the multiplex, but we're going to exhaust ourselves with all avenues of financing on, on taking single family homes and putting in a legal suite and uh, bringing the home to highest and best value that way. So as soon as we're done, uh, utilizing all financing avenues on that with our A lenders, we will be moving over to uh, multifamily universe because at that point, they look at the building, not the buyer.
1: So what I love about that answer is that you started uh, with what you, you started with your home. You started with your first invest, investment property was the place that you lived. Um, and I think that's probably a common thread for a lot of investors like yourself. And then you just saw the opportunity and you continued to grow from there. So at some point in that journey, you made a decision to get into real estate professionally and get your license. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what inspired you to do that?
0: Yeah, I think it was, I think it was ultimately uh, the jail that I worked at had unlimited overtime. So you could kind of write whatever paycheck you wanted to, but you had to sell your soul to the devil to get it. And my thought was, I'm, I'm starting to become active in real estate. I enjoy real estate. How about instead of working OT, I could start transacting the odd house, helping out myself. So it came just purely uh, selfishly. I wasn't wasn't looking to become a realtor for other people at that time, but uh, a time did come in in fall of 2016 where I kind of really had enough with with the position at the at the prison, and I did leave. and it, And it was uh, very nerve wracking. My wife and I were on our fourth child she was on maternity leave and here I am quitting a well-paying good pension good benefit job Um, but we having several investment properties in my back pocket you start to run what are the worst case scenarios and when you sit back there it's like well I'd have to be a really shitty realtor to uh, to continue on and not be able to provide for my family specifically given that I was also receiving some cash flow from the other properties.
1: No, I love it. And I, I had a similar journey. And at some point, you just got to take the leap of faith and choose to believe in yourself. And And I love it that you did that. And you, and I know from working with you, you're so wired to be in this. Um, and that, and I, frankly, that's why I wanted to invite you on to this, to share that story. And just let people know that you, you start where you're at, and then you grow it from there. So we know that your first investment property was the home that you lived in. Um, can you talk a little bit about what your thoughts are on investing alone versus investing with partners? What are in your hands-on experience, what are the the definite pros and the advantages of doing that and then what have been some of the uh, the real uh, pitfalls and challenges
0: So so I mean the biggest pro is, 100% of 100% is 100%. <laughs> so you get to keep everything that you earn. Um, that to me is 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 pretty much the only pro. Um, but but having bringing on partnerships has been tremendous for me. I've been partnering with uh, the right people that have the same mindset that I do, that have the same growth potential that I do. But when you can divide and conquer, you know, I went from picking up a property here and there to probably buying, I would say close to 25 houses will happen in 2022. That would not happen on my own. I would not have a bookkeeper on my own. I would not have these responsibilities, these goals on my own. So these these gentlemen that I have partnered with have, have definitely put me in gear to, to move forward on a much stronger pace and, and growth, as we all know, it does happen when you're uncomfortable. So it's a good thing. We're, we're, we're calculated. We're methodical in what we do. We have a plan. But there's no way I would have had that plan by myself.
1: Yeah, it sounds like you were forced into leverage, which is probably a lesson that we all learn too late in life, is to leverage out and really kind of tap into the resources and the expertise of the people that we have access to. So I, I love that that's happening for you. And I know you've got big plans Um, tell me what the next five years looks like for you.
0: The next five years, um, it's a great question. Uh, You'd like to say uh, some type of semi-retirement, but uh, people, uh, entrepreneurs in general have a hard time retiring. It's just moving on to something else. And whether that's moving on as I left my career, I moved on to uh, taking single-family homes, turning them into two units, I could be moving on to uh, multifamily within the next five years, land development, real estate as a, a tree with many leaves. And uh, I plan on exploring as many as I can.
1: So tell me, I mean, you are the team leader and the rainmaker for the Blue Line Real Estate Group. Uh Tell us a little bit about your business and what the plans for you. Like, what do you guys do now? What is your area of expertise now? And what are the plans for Blue Line over the next five years?
0: So one of, one of the most interesting things is when I was getting started, I felt like a bit of a realtor f- fraud because I wasn't doing the things that all other traditional realtors were doing, trying to get business to sell these homes. I just basically spun the experience I already had into my business. And as soon as you start being a conduit for people creating generational wealth. It's a very exciting thing to be doing. So every time I work with one of my clients is a very exciting time. Uh, I look forward to it. And and we do work residential as well, but our specialty is definitely taking the investor, uh, quite often brand new investors, and turning them into seasoned veterans.
1: So, I appreciate what you do. And I know I've sent clients your way because they were young, they were first time home buyers. And I, I thought spending time with you to introduce them to the notion of viewing real estate as an investment first and somewhere to live second would be an amazing thing for their future. So, um, I love what you guys do at Blue Line. I think you're amazing at your job. Um, what do the next 10 years look like?
0: The next ten and the next five is is very similar. Just continued growth. We do have uh, a lot of interest in getting into the recreational zone as well, uh, picking up places in hot spots. You know, you can search simple searches on Air DNA to find out where the hottest places to, to find Airbnb properties are. So there will be some growth outside of Canada that we're looking forward to. And, and as far as ten years, I got to start thinking about my own children and uh, how you know impossible it, it has been recently in the area of uh, the greater Toronto area for them to find housing. I I recently put a post up on, on Facebook saying just because you can't afford to buy a house in the area you're living in doesn't mean you shouldn't, should not buy a house. It just means don't buy a house there. So I'm a big proponent that everybody needs to get into the real estate game. There's uh, 5,500 cities and towns all across Canada that everybody can buy in. So it's okay to be a renter where you're living if you can't afford it, but you still need to hold that real estate asset. So whether that means you're buying in Edmonton or or Winnipeg or Halifax, you need to own a housing asset. That's the most important thing that I'm trying to instill in my children to to have them be successful. So uh, it's more about thinking about them and their future.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And I know just knowing a little bit about your business or 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 more than a little bit about your business, like me, you do a lot that's off-market, that's not on MLS. Uh, care to share your secrets for how to find properties that are not listed on MLS?
0: Nope. <laughs> <laughs> just off- give us a tidbit.
1: Give us a teaser.
0: <laughs> o- off MLS, you, you would need to work with uh, either <laughs> – a realtor that is is well versed in working with off market properties that that can help you with that or start to to do your own networking there's other types of wholesalers that are out there uh, that can find you off market properties and, and definitely when you get into the commercial side and the multi-side a lot of that stuff is transacted off market and not on market so just align yourself with with like-minded people that can help you on your journey
1: Yeah. Um, So I love your answer, but I will concur as well that working with a realtor, and I mean, I know this sounds like a shameless plug, but the reality is, is the reason, probably like yourself, the reason I got my license is to be in the space. If I was going to do this in any serious and intentional way, I knew that I needed to come from a learning mindset and be surrounded by people to not be the smartest one in the room, to be surrounded by people who were Doing this at a very high level, exactly what you're saying, but also just to the, the opportunities to some degree end up coming to you if you're in this space. So I know that's what you wanted to say.
0: <laughs> I, ch- I chose a different route.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, so tell us what you're working on right now, or what you've recently completed.
0: Um, we've recently well, as I mentioned sort of earlier we are working on eight or nine properties right now we're continuing to acquire them there there comes a time where we start having to uh, seek private money to to close on properties sometimes we have a property that we see an extremely amount of potential in a property but sometimes the banks don't like them so we are forced with doing some private money so that's one of the things that we are are working with right now some people have, RSPs or Lira or locked-in funds that aren't performing that well, we, we will offer them generally a better rate than they've been getting and secure it against the assets. So it, it, right now, it's a, it's a big game with financing. Some banks, some not. It's just kind of putting everything together. Um, you know, on a, on a philanthropy sort of side, um, we are looking at uh, my wife and I doing doing something major for for things that have really touched us in the past Specifically, sick kids, and uh, doing a lot of research on that. And it was actually really, really cool the way that they they do things. It's not just you can donate ten dollars off your paycheck or or certain amount a deal. There, there's if you actually look into it, there's a ton of things you can do, including uh, leaving properties in your will for sick kids. So you can sit there and benefit almost selfishly the entire way throughout your life. And then when, when it comes time for you to leave, the property just transitions over to them and they can sell it for a monetary gain. So there's some really, really cool ways of, of making donations uh, to your favorite causes.
1: Yeah, I hear you. And this is one of the points that I know you and I have really connected on. Um, uh, and even just looking out for the next generation, I just love it. Um, so we're going to move now into, actually, before we move into the rapid fire questions, uh, just quickly tell me what, one piece of advice you would have for anyone looking to start investing in real estate?
0: Get into the market wherever you can. It doesn't have to be down the block. It doesn't have to be near where you work um, at all. And it can actually be almost anywhere in the world. But if you want to stick to Canada, there, there are places you can afford. Uh, simple as that. And then you'll get mortgage pay down. You get appreciation on the equity that's happening. Hopefully a few bucks cash flow. Uh, there's many ways to to earn income, but get into the housing market any way you can.
1: I hear you on that for sure. So rapid fire time. I'm going to have six questions coming your way. You're going to answer me in one word or one sentence. Number one, what is the best advice you've ever received?
0: Leverage. Leverage. Uh, my business only grew when I could leverage. Uh, a human being has trouble. Oh, this is one. This is more than one uh one answer. One one worded uh on the or, first or you're answer. forgiven. <laughs> yes. No, no, utilize leverage and leverage as much as you can. You can't do it yourself.
1: Love it. What would you tell your 20-year-old self?
0: Smarten up. <laughs> um, yeah. Get get started earlier as soon as you can.
1: I love that one too. And what inspired your team name, Blue Line?
0: Blue Line came from Homage to my previous career of being in corrections and being in law enforcement. Uh, and it, that goes down to the thin blue line, the difference between good and evil.
1: I did not know that. Um, what was the best day of your life, which did not include your wedding day or any of the days where your children were born?
0: I wouldn't include my wedding day anyways. <laughs> Just kidding. I love her. i That's a stumper. That's a stumper. Can we do the pass where it goes back at the end? Sure, do okay. the pass. Right. We'll come
1: back. Um, and what is your big why?
0: My big why is is my family. Um, I, I also, you know, didn't come from wealth and came from a, a struggle where, where you know, m- my parents split up at an awkward time and it was really challenging for the whole family. So my why was. Not really feeling that I had anybody to support me if I fell backwards. So I had to keep striving forwards. But my my why is definitely my family.
1: And define success.
0: Success is being loved and content with who you are. Period. It has nothing to do with money. Uh, amount of houses you have or my real estate business. Yeah, it takes a
1: while to learn that. So I appreciate it. Listen, I love it that you joined me today for this. Um, We talk about this stuff all the time, and I'm glad that we have the opportunity to share it with so many more. Um, Thank you very much for your time and your insight. And now, as we conclude, what was the best day of your life?
0: When I had the pass, I honestly, you were doing the closing. I thought we were done, and we moved on, and I wasn't going to say a word. The best day of my life, there isn't one. I love my life. I stopped playing the lottery um, a few years back. I have no intent on playing it again. I've already won.
1: Perfection. And on that, we'll say goodbye. So the stars
0: tonight, we wanna go, go.